0: Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs, Love Talk on Babs, Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted, <laughs> delighted to have the cast of uh, um, The Ripple, The Wave That Carried Me Home. That's going to be uh, debuting at the, at the Yale Rep on the 28th uh, and will run through May 20th. I do not know this story or this play or this playwright, so I'm so excited to have y'all on. Good morning. Is it Shalia? Shalia. Shalia and Adrian. Hey. <laughs> two, of the, two of the cast members are from this wonderful play at the Yale Rep. Welcome. Welcome to New Haven. Is this your first time in New Haven?
1: Oh, no. No, me and New Haven go way back. We both are alums of
0: Yale. Oh, yay. Oh, so you know New Haven. So I don't yeah. even have to ask you to take a side on pizza because y'all already know. <laughs> <laughs> I, but
1: I'm also from the Midwest, so I have a a whole different view of peace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know we 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 make people check at the gate what side you are with the peace wars. So well, how y'all doing? So oh, it's good, so
2: good, so good. Thank you. It's uh, it's really great being in um, conversation with you, and we talked a lot about just like wanting to get in touch with folks in new Haven and make sure that they know we're here.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited because, um, uh, I, I love the the background of this story that's rooted in swimming because, you know, swimming is a huge thing in our community. Um, mm-hmm. and so this has an undercurrent of, of, of swimming in it and segregation and all these kinds of things. And so, uh, I think it's just uh, just the right sort of time. And this play is set um, in modern times, so it's not like it's a play that happened 50 years ago or 60 years ago. Good morning, Marcus Henderson. Lovely to see you. Unmute yourself. Oh. So we're just getting started. Welcome. Hey. I'm going to ask you the same question. Are you new to New Haven? Is this your first time, or you are you a Yale alum too?
3: Y- Yale alum also. I, I graduated right. way before... Uh, these two lovely ones here. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so we were just talking about the play, how I don't know the story or this playwright, and I'm delighted. Uh, the graphics alone are beautiful, but the mm-hmm. idea of this story um, that's set in such a modern time, I just love it. I love that, you know, um, as much as I love a Raisin in the Sun and Native Sun and all those kinds of things, uh, I love that we are starting to tell different stories or hear different stories about our history and uh, and 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 what it looks like in modern times. So tell me each of you what was it about this particular story that you said yes, that you said, you know what? This is something I could really get into.
1: Hmm. Well, I know for me, um growing up in Detroit, growing up in a, a city, Uh, that at the time was like 99.9% Black, like a very, very Black uh, city to grow up in, to be a part of a project that for me also encompassed like what? How many black women is it? It's at least like well, it's me, Shalia, uh, <laughs> and Tamala's directing a black woman, and then to be in this with Marcus and like uh uh uh, and then Christina, like to be a part of this really like unapologetically black play that um, encompasses this story around activism. And, like, what it meant at this time to, to want something as simple as to swim in a space that felt safe and to find joy and find play and um to have to fight for that um, really struck home for me because my mother was, like, an activist back home in Detroit. Like, for me in my childhood, um, in making room for, like, a very Afrocentric childhood, which is the way I was raised, I grew up learning Kiswahili and French, like uh, my, it, it just is something about like community uh, and building the community like this and being a part of a piece like this that um that just made me feel at home. I, this was one of my, the first pieces I've been a part of that is just ninety nine point nine percent black. So I, I felt I felt really good. It felt like a returning home for me. Um, yeah. So that's what it that's what it means to me.
2: I love yeah, it. Yeah, similarly, the um, uh, the fact that in this play at the center is a, a family. I think a lot of times we get to look on activists and their work, uh, but rarely get to really think about their their family, their their humanity inside of the work that they do. Um, so I love that you get to see, uh, yeah, uh, segregation, uh, hardship and triumph through how the family is doing. Uh, not just the, the, the work and the end result, but you know, uh, this place centers around uh, Janice who Janine is playing and her uh, reckoning with all um, the work that her family's done. And I similarly like personally connected to this story because I grew up on a swim team. Like my mother uh, taught me how to swim when I was still a toddler. and um, just being a part of this play has given me such a, a greater level of gratitude um, for even that uh, access to pool and water and and those uh, tools and and a separation from fear of such a uh, a natural element like water that s- surrounds all of us. Um, and my grandparents, they they come from Georgia and and Alabama. Uh, I don't. Think I always knew why they seemed so proud watching me on a swim team, or you know why they would get so much joy of saying like, "Oh no, we have this community pool! Like, invite your friends. Tell them that you know their parents could be our guests. Like, they they can. Uh, we'll help them be on a swim team if they if they don't know how." Um, and so it feels like a uh, celebration of how we care for ourselves and um, reclaim. Uh, the joy of being around water and the joy uh, that we have uh, access and right to this just as much as anyone. Mm. Mm.
3: Uh, I think uh, for me, this this play, uh, I mean, everything, I, I'm, I just feel like I would echo everything they said. So, so more specifically <laughs> for me, uh, it's this character. Um, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to play a lot of different characters. Um, and and some good some bad but like this this is a very complicated real kind of role where you know a person is doing their best but sometimes the the best in them uh can can also bring out the worst in a way uh and and i think that that's any parent i'm a, i'm a parent of two uh and i try my hardest every day to to be better than my parents were for me which is a huge huge feat uh so 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 i look at this character who's doing his best uh to just try to be a a good dad a good husband a good role model for his community and uh and that that automatically just like draws me to the role uh because it's so close to my own life
0: Thank you, Janine, for joining us this morning. So we're, I'm just asking each of y'all, what drew you to this to this, this play, to this work? Uh, thank you. I'm
4: so sorry. Listen, technology begin you.
0: <laughs> I was right. like, what every, is, every day I have that issue. Don't you <laughs> worry.
4: And it was my own fault. I didn't realize my laptop was blocking the Zoom. I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway, good morning. <laughs> So um, what has drawn me to this uh, this this uh, this play this role um as I was listening to everybody else and yes yes I agree with what everyone has said i I think also that and I don't know if the word is or that investigating of memory of your experiences or or your these different scenarios that have happened with your parents and how they shaped you. (laughs) The things that you're still upset about (laughs) from like, I don't know, 30 years ago. Um, My father passed away in 2009. Um, His name was William Edward Farmer, Jr. And whenever I am saying these words, or uh, Janice does a lot of like, this is a memory play. She's going through investigating these memories, trying to figure out why she is so hurt by her past, why she has separated herself from her family. And um, doing this play for me, and one of the things that drew me to it was just that investigation of my own memories of my family uh those things that maybe i didn't understand about my father i think you know we we all are selfish people i'm very selfish i have no children it's just me i'm just out here living my my best life (laughs) and uh, i'm also living out the dreams of my family um And I think, you know, as a child, we are so, like, taken care, or at least I was taken care of by my parents. I'm the baby. I'm the only girl. And so everything, I felt like they're here for me, but I'm never thinking about all the things that they're going through. Uh, uh, The fact that they're just human. The fact that, you know, they had never been parents before. They were just trying to figure it out. And so, uh, for me, doing this play is kind of like also investigating my own family history and giving my parents a little grace for the mistakes that they made um, forgiving my father for the mistakes that he made and 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 having a better understanding of who he was um, yeah, that's that's what it is for me.
0: Um, yeah so. I, I love this because each of you are uniquely um, speaking about this play from a very personal place. And I don't know if every play gives you that. Like, I I, I don't imagine. I mean, just the fact that it's blacky, black, 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 inside, upside, left, right. Um, but it seems uniquely personal to each of you. And is that something that you look for when you take on these kinds of roles? Or, or do you like to have a little bit of separation between yourself and the character?
3: I think there are, like, challenges that you look for uh, within roles so that you're not doing or, or repeating the same thing over and over because that can get a, a bit mundane. But uh, I think in everything that you do, there is a part of you that, you know, I, I had to be reminded just the other day that, like, uh, that we, we take on whatever it is we play. Like we, we don't, we're artists in, 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 in a way empaths. So like we, we take on whatever the struggle is of the character, whatever the hardships are, we we take on the joys. Um, but, but, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the work to not carry it with you all the time. So I think that we look for roles that challenge us. Uh, we don't want to go too far off the scale, you know what I mean? Like doing some Heath Ledger type stuff, (laughs) you know? Uh, But, uh, but I think it's, it's just about the challenge. Uh, But when you find something that's so directly relatable um, that matches your energy also, I think that was a big thing for me too, is uh, when I talked to Christina about this play uh, before I came on board, she just talked about the energy matching the character and I, and I, completely understood what she was talking about once I read it. And so uh so yeah, I think we look we just look for that. Mm.
2: Mm. And I think mm-hmm. it's about the season oh, you're ready.
1: in. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's about the season of your life that you're in as well, because um I like to remind myself that there is a bit of there is a bit of uh me in in a possibility of me in each role I I look at and I'm just like, oh, is this the avenue I'm ready to open up to, um, expound on, um, because, you know, it may not seem like it at first on the surface, but, like, the given circumstances of every character, I just like to look at, like, well, if I was put in this situation, this could have been me. My life just so happened to have gone in a different path, but, like, the more we connect with The fact that we all at the, I say this in the room as well, like at the bottom of the well is love, everybody is searching for something, a drawing towards something they love, something they want, Um, and for me with Gail, and I'm playing uh, Gail and Young Chipper Ambitious Black Woman, Gail is um, Janice's aunt. a very lively <laughs> comedic part of the show, <laughs> and I knew that accepting this these two roles, um, this was something I I needed I wanted more of in my life of just like being unapologetic on the stage, like just commanding uh, the space, and um, also uplifting my castmates, um, <laughs> coming on and bringing the bringing the heat. Um, <laughs> And that's what, that's what Gail, uh, Gail in particular feels like to me. And with young chipper, ambitious black woman, um, it forces me to reckon with um, the fact that, like I said, my mother was pretty much an activist back home in Detroit. uh, And young chipper reminds me of a young version of my mom, which means she reminds me of me. And it's like, it lends itself to like finding empathy for the people that the characters remind you of in your life, because Mm. that's why you see like, Oh, I could do this. I can get in here because I know this person, either. It's me. It's a part of me. I don't want to accept, or it's a part of like someone else in my life, you know,
3: Mm.
1: to Mm. honor. Mm.
2: Yeah. Very similarly. uh, uh, Y'all just spoke about that so beautifully. Uh, (laughs) The the empathy is what really gets me as a, as such a gift in acting, like the, yeah, regardless if I came in with like the forward thought of like, oh, I connect to this or, oh, this is someone like really distant from me. So I'm going to stretch myself. It always, uh, catches me by surprise in a really beautiful way. Like, uh, how much expansiveness is within me. Um, and I think, especially as a black artist, when we're uh, a or black person in this world, uh, given very small boxes most of the time, and to affirm for myself and for those around me um, how limitless our spirits are, of who we can be, um, who we can um, empathize and, and affirm uh, someone else's humanity. Uh, I know with Helen. Uh, Specifically, uh, I thought a lot about my grandmother um, who would have been around the, the same ages as uh, Helen's, uh, Janice's uh, mother in this play. And just start to unpack too, like what does uh, matriarchy mean? What is it, uh, um, what comes with, uh, you know, the roles of Black women in so many movements of uh, Freedom and social justice uh, to be stewards of our care as a community. Um, What are the costs? What are the gains of that? Um, And then also sometimes, like I I let myself be a person. I was like, I'm an artist out here. Most of the time, I just have questions. I don't have answers to things. And this is, you know, I'm uh, I like research, but I'm I'm the you know my this is the how I figure out life's questions. This is also how I feel like I can be of service to others like I watch what happens to people when they go into a theater live and they realize like oh I'm not on a film like I'm here spending an hour two hours with you which means I I am taking hours out of my life to not just tell a story but to sit with you and hope you see and feel me um putting value on uh, on someone's humanity, on saying that we together should look at these people and we can all learn from them. Oh, we can all learn something in ourselves or right when we cross someone like this in our path. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll say yes.
4: And when I read the script, I see my entire family (laughs) in this script. I constantly bring up how uh, Aunt Girl reminds me of my Auntie May Lee <laughs> My Auntie May Lee has been in the Rehearsal room with us from day one She don't even know it, I need to tell her <laughs> But yes, you, you know That really does draw you to Something because, you know, I think about How often we As as people in the Industry and, and not even in, And maybe not even in the industry But just like people in the world, how often do you Get to do work that is about you, how often do you see work that is really about your family without trying to like um, uh, uh, make it clean and pretty? You know, let's be real with those barbecues. are Like when we having the family barbecue, <laughs> and with how you see it on TV, <laughs> you know. And when I read this, past, I was like, yeah, this is my family, um, and it it was. In terms of like taking it on, this huh, has been one of the hardest projects that I've ever done. And when I when I say hard, I mean, in terms of like, uh, Shalia was talking about stretching and expanding yourself. And my character is talking to the audience most of the time, most of the time. She's on stage, all of the time, except for maybe twice. Uh, thank God for those bathroom breaks, those two bathroom breaks I did. <laughs> um, but you know, you're standing there wide open. You know, people can see you, and that's a really scary thing. And people can see whether or not you're being honest with them. Um, and also, like, making sure that you are living up to what the writer has put on the page, making sure that you can try to meet the expectations of the director, making sure that um, the audience understands and is connected to the story also. Um, This has been a process for me where even last night I got a note and I was like, oh God, another note. <laughs> like an acting note, you know. <laughs> I'm always getting notes. I'm like, you know, because the director is really she she wants this, she wants the story to to um, connect to everyone and she wants us to be connected. Um and this morning I woke up Cause even though I didn't want that note last night, I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, let me think about why what, what this note is really about. Let me um, uh, think about how uh, Janice needs to uh, continue to make these connections uh, to memory and also give that to the audience. And I thought to myself, how far can you go, Janine? You know, there are many times that I think we say, ooh, I'm tired. And real talk, I think we all tired. You know, the cats are retired. (laughs) But can I go a little further? Um, And even as I say that, I think about all the people in my life, all the people in our lives that have gone a little further. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just think about how much they have, how much our people have done to give give us these opportunities to stand up on the stage and tell these stories.
3: Can I go a little
4: further? Hell yeah, I can go a little further. I can take that note. <laughs> I can figure out how to how to make this to connect this moment. Um, so, yeah, like, this is, who this is, I, I, I kind of put this up there being, being in boot camp because I was in the military and, like, whoo, that was tiring. <laughs> so, I put, I, this is a trend. <laughs> but um, I know at the end of the day when this is all over, this is not only going to make me a better actor, it's going to make me a better person. I have people in my life now, Adrian, Marcus, Shalia, Tamla, Christina, you know, I'm so thankful for them. Mm-hmm. So this has been like, yeah, this has been a, a, an opportunity that I would not have passed up ever.
0: So so when we talk about opportunity, um, I imagine um, if I'm looking at Broadway, it's a good time to be black because everything on Broadway is pretty black. Do y'all feel that transferring, you know, because we came off the pandemic and we came off uh, not enough black people in the theater, like Broadway so white and, and -hmm. black folks stood up and collectively said theater has to change, not just on the stage, but behind the stage. Uh, Do you feel, do you feel that as revolutionary? Do you feel that as sustainable? Do you feel like that's a wave, wave that you can ride further? Like mm-hmm. where where are, where are we as black actors and actresses uh in in this game? Where are we right now?
3: <laughs> uh man, that's 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 a that's a heavy one. I mean, you know, Because I can can personally say that, you know, I feel very blessed and lucky to be able to tell many stories uh, that involve the Black body, uh, Black lives, Black joy, (laughs) Black pain. Uh, I've been very lucky to do that. Uh, But I also recognize there are a lot of people who have not been able to do that and still aren't doing that. And, you know, so as much as, like, it might seem like there's a huge change. There's still so much more that can be done, uh, and I think it can be done in a in a very genuine way, also, and not just a performative, uh, as they call performative wokeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think that like the the strides that we do make, we need to celebrate. You know, we need to celebrate right then and there because you don't know what the future can hold. Uh, and, and you just you 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 hope for the best, you know, you always hope for the best.
2: Yeah, I think the what's really beautiful right now is not just seeing the, uh, you know, black uh, writers and like actors who are being seen on Broadway, but the fact that we're getting uh, a wave of new uh, black producers. And just for me to know, you know, when it gets to these uh, commercial spaces, whether it's TV, film, Broadway, it is uh, folks investing in uh, not just who's right in front of the camera or on the stage, but those who get to get to create those spaces and get to um, you know promote those works. Like in in the last years, like it's not just the uh, new black plays like uh, Fat Ham that's up there right now. Ain't No More that just happened. Um, but also seeing like Adrienne Kennedy, who has this amazing playwright for so long, get her Broadway debut. Um, also having you know we were talking about uh, Raising in the Sun, but having uh, uh, Rain Hansberry's, Oh, what is it?
0: uh for color girls? I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, that's they. So uh... awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know,
2: raising in the uh, sun. <laughs> a, uh, window um, that's going up on Broadway right now, just to see that um, what I think is most promising about this time right now is where uh, I believe if we keep pushing, keep supporting all these shows, uh, it's starting to show a real breadth and spectrum of what a quote unquote Black play is, what a Black story is. uh all the different viewpoints and perspective that black writers have like being able to uh, there's a ton of black directors who have gotten their broadway debuts in the last like two three years so they can start to see like um what is our vision and also that it does not need um you know uh white structuring for us to thrive i think that has been a really um uh, some you know uh, uh, white supremacist narrative that's gone on that, like, oh, we need help for us to be able to, to tell our stories well or something. And the fact that, to me, what's most exciting is seeing these all-black teams or if uh, black folks wanna uh, uh, work with, uh, you know, uh, other, like uh, Asian or, you know, indigenous, um, uh, American uh like artists, we can choose who we think we are to, who we think like parallels with us culturally and um, artistically, uh, that I think is making, uh, like I love seeing, I don't know if folks saw uh, K-pop that was on Broadway, uh, where K-pop, you know, uh, uh, Korean Musical and Story uh, teamed up with Ain't No More and they started uh, supporting each other as both of their shows were uh, being pushed to close early, and to mm-hmm. see that kind of community, and to see each other in that way—that uh, says like we know what we're doing—and uh, and I see that over there in you too. Um, that there, I think that's something that's really beautiful to, and those are the things that I feel like sustain us. Uh, yeah. Like really, the thing that's like unearthing the foundational structures of what does. Uh, excellent in theater or storytelling mean what is the business structure of that mean and the fact that that is shifting those myths are being debunked right now of like quote-unquote black people don't like to go to theater and i know black families i know go to theater they just don't go to your theater you know they might only go to the theater that's been at their church or they might only uh they enjoy story but they're like oh but the way my auntie tells the stories and she's a storyteller of the family there's no theater that sounds like her Um, when those writers and teams have been waiting to get the spaces to say like, oh, we want to be your, you know, special night out on the town too. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's my, my industry soapbox. So anybody who's trying to produce who's black. Yeah, I,
4: I'm going to just piggyback (laughs) off of what Shaleel said, because actually when you first asked the question, asked the question, my first thought was, you know, um, you know, I thought about Ain't No Mo, I thought about K-pop and you know, and how these are shows that were on Broadway, people, uh, people, uh, people of color and they were also forced to close early. And I think that this, we also have to think about the business <laughs> of, of this industry and it is mostly a white structure. And I think that those structures have to be willing to make some changes, you know, you cannot stick to your same formula of of promotion and PR uh, with a show like Ain't No Mo. When we think about Broadway, the people who are mostly going into those spaces are older white people. Um, and a lot of them coming from the Midwest. So when they come to New York to see a show, they want to hear some music and some a whole bunch of singing and just a little bit of words, like you know, I, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like, I don't like musicals but I like the color purple <laughs> but like, I think that you know a lot of these organizations are kind of set in their ways and not they're not willing to think outside of the box in order to get more people too in those seats you know um what's wrong with you going to somebody's church? What's wrong with you promoting on um, the black radio station? Even for this show, I was talking to students, and I was like, uh, "Y'all need to promote on some radio stations." I'm telling you, folks love tickets. Yeah. <laughs> folks love to hear get, get a free ticket from the radio. You know, <laughs> I think that these structures have to be willing to to do something a little different in order for. Our work to be sustainable. It cannot be how it was back in the day. You have to make changes. Um, yeah, I just I I think about that all the time when it comes to uh, our shows, our work, whether it be on Broadway or on regular TV. What is? How are we? How can we change the structure of things? And not only and not only depend on those white structures. How can we also? Um, um be the people who are creating that work we cannot just depend on them because we could be waiting all day so
1: I think that's a great point because for a while even when it you know the we see you white American theater started popping up I, I was thinking about how like dang if we're gonna it's gonna feel like uprooting this whole thing that is like theater in order for us to like get underneath this thing and change the structure of it. Um, But I think what's been cool since graduating, I graduated from Yale in 2020, where I graduated, they were even bringing in like black female dramaturgs and dramaturgs, like I'm thinking more on the artistic standpoint of like making things historically accurate. I remember when I first got to Yale, I was doing another black play. I was doing Marty in the Hands That Could by Josh Wilder, black playwright out of Philly and our dramaturg was white and our director was white so there was a lot more extra explaining that had to happen of our stories of our like understanding of things that like really would stunt pieces a lot of times and um I'm I, I am like seeing the 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 strides that are being made and of course like yes c- celebrate but I hope that we can like continue to investigate how in many ways artistically financially and on a producing end we uh we can do for ourselves and not forget about like theaters like the flea and like mtc and that are doing the the uh like off-broadway or smaller pieces that uh are investigating those more gritty stories that uh that wouldn't make it to Broadway for whatever reason. It's a faux pas or whatever. Um, it not being commercial enough, you know. I'm I'm interested in that as well um, because the 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 spectrum of theater is like Broadway is the commercial wave, and so like what are the rest of the stories that we can look for and look forward to as well?
0: Yeah. So we are we are winding down our time together, and I've enjoyed the richness of this conversation and just giving y'all opportunity to talk your art. Um, the Yale Repertory Theater presents *The Ripple*, *The Wave That Carried Me Home* by Christina Anderson, directed by uh, Tamila Woodard, uh, runs April twenty eighth through May twentieth, twenty twenty three. So before you go, I want each of you to tell me what would you like people to take away from this play when they walk out of the theater. What do you want them to know, understand, feel, uh, be excited about, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, what would you like that to be? Uh,
3: I hope that, that they, uh, I hope reconciliation is important to them uh, by the end of this. I hope that they, they feel like they can leave the theater and call someone they hadn't called in a long time just to tell them they love them, just to tell them that they're sorry just to tell them that they forgive them that, that to me would be the, the, the ultimate, the ultimate gift.
2: I'd say, so, uh, uh, my character, Helen, she talks a lot about the simplicity of joy and the simplicity of freedom, um, or that it should be simple. And, uh, i hope folks walk away with some some grace for themselves and the people around them as as we're doing this human thing for the first time and if they're they're caught up in a maybe a, a hamster wheel that they return to these simple things that brought them joy and look to who can they provide a very simple joy a simple act of affirming their freedom that that's can be just as impactful as the huge things that we do communally. Um. Yeah, I, um,
4: I I'll, I'll echo Shalia and Marcus. Uh, did someone already? T- uh, we have this rule in the room, and it's uh, at the bottom of the well is love. Did someone else already mention this? Um, and. I think it's, it is it is easy in our lives to hold on to um, the hurt <laughs> um, and that's not dismissing that hurt at all. Uh, I think if we just remember that uh, whatever has happened in our lives that often some of those things that took place were based on all that. All that your parents knew how to do, <laughs> all that they had available, all that your friends knew how, how to do. Maybe they just didn't know how to communicate that moment. If we just try to remember that at the bottom of the well is love, I, I hope that that's what people can come away with and move forward um, in their own lives with. At the bottom of the well is love. Um, and hopefully that leads to forgiveness and um, leads to like. Joy.
1: I uh, I had a teacher that once told me uh, that told me recently. Actually, my father passed last year, and I was having a hard time dealing with uh, the loss. Or just like I wasn't, I w- I just w- was avoiding it. And uh, she said, "You won't be able to process his death until you look at his life." And I want them to take away that like, reflection doesn't have to be a cycle of pain, this person did me wrong, but it's also an opportunity to see what they brought to your life. It's also an opportunity to see that they were doing the best that they could. It's also an opportunity to see their humanity and see that shared humanity
2: and hope that someone sees that in their as well.
0: Thank you all so much for such a rich conversation, Julia. <laughs>
3: Adrian, thank you, Babs.
0: Janine Marcus. I'm getting ready to go hop a plane to Marrakesh. But when I come back, I'm going to come see y'all and see this play.
4: Oops, a good so, trip. Oh, yeah. yes.
0: So thank y'all for making the time to see me this morning. I'm going to make the time to come see y'all. So break a leg. Thank and uh, I will see y'all soon. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Harry. <laughs> My producer. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Harry.
4: Thank you, Harry.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. no!